We're live with Scott Letter, the first co-owner to make it onto the HDL pod. How how special do you feel right now? Pretty special. I mean, maybe <laughs> there's a little bit of a special treatment going on considering whose co-owner I am, but... <laughs> no, I know nothing of what you speak. Um, before, we got plenty to talk about, but I'm curious, have you guys been Zooming like for your work? Uh, we use Microsoft Teams primarily, oh, right. and uh, <laughs> behind that, we use WebEx. Have so, you guys had any? Yes, like, is the answer to the question, but right. no to Zoom. Right. Um, have you had any of those like moments where someone does something stupid? No, not yet. Um, I don't. I don't expect that I'm going to see any. But you know, I've seen some of the things that are out there, and <laughs> yeah. it's certainly plausible. <laughs> Because it kind this kind of counts. I'm I'm clearly setting you up for my story, so I'm <laughs> glad I'm glad you didn't have one anyway. Um, this kind of counts. So as you know, I'm a youth pastor, and we've been doing like youth group meetings on Zoom, and um, we play. Have you played Quiplash before on Jackbox TV? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So that there is a family friendly filter for that game that you can turn on or off which I found out, I knew actually, but I forgot. And we're in the middle of playing and I actually got the prompt. So you get these prompts and then you're supposed to make funny answers and everyone votes on them. And at the beginning, only the people who get the prompt can see the prompt. So I get the prompt that says, what is the most G-rated term for an erection? And I'm like, all right, well, this, this is about to go out to the whole youth group. Like, <laughs> how do I, like... I was like, should, I was like, I don't just end the game, right? Like, that's not cool. So we went through with it, and I like when we went to where the answers are about to be like put out there. I just said, just so everybody knows, there's at least one inappropriate question about to be asked, um, and we it, we handled it well. Um, Leah made me yeah. email all the parents, uh, but they were nobody cared at all. Of course, of course, it's out of your control, right? Uh, so remember if you're playing games with teenagers to have family friendly settings on, but I, yeah, I mean, I try to make it a point not to play games with teenagers, <laughs> although this league has made it a little bit difficult. <laughs> That's true. You, you've played with several, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah. or at least a couple, a couple, a growing list. Yes. Um, and a couple of people in the league get paid to play games with teenagers. But. I wouldn't put it that way, but sure. <laughs> um, so we've had a couple of these pods so far. And uh, from what I gather, you've taken, you've had some thoughts on these episodes. Uh, what have you heard that has uh, brought you to the pod? We'll talk about other stuff too, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've certainly had some thoughts. I think my first thought is, um, are you going to apologize to me? <laughs> Uh, for everybody to hear, no is probably the answer to that. For the for the slander and all of the things that you say that I would do that I wouldn't do. I don't know. I thought if anything, you were talking about uh, making a trade proposal <laughs> no, live no. on air. No, proposals are fine. If you would have executed the trade, it might have been a different, be different story. Yeah. But well, so I think that first and foremost, I think that I'm a little bit. Um, hesitant about the fact that you're just basically spilling all of our strategies out to the league <laughs> as you're the one constant in every conversation. So I feel like you're weakening our bargaining power as we go into, you know, another off season and another mm -hmm. draft. So if everybody knows exactly what we want and how we're, uh, how we're uh, valuing everything, I think that we're kind of in trouble when it comes to getting, getting the things that we want. This is fair. So that's the first and foremost. And then I think the thing that stuck out to me the most was, I think, would you, would you say it's fair to say that I've improved as not just a co-owner, but as like a dynasty owner in general? Yes. You know? Yes. You're... So if, the, if, if that's the case, you know, I, I felt like I was a little bit thrown under the bus there in the Juju conversation you were having with Troy. He said, I think your words were specifically, I know someone who definitely would not do this trade, the 1.01 for Juju. And you're referring to me, of course. And I think that I've spent this off season reorienting myself and trying <laughs> to not attach myself to players that I think are great. And 
and looking toward, you know, long-term value and things like that. So I don't know. I felt like I was a little thrown under the bus and I wasn't quite there to be able to defend myself. And I think that, I think that now that we're having this conversation, a, le- a little bit more will come out to, to the people yeah, as you will. They'll, they'll see the true Scott. I think we're all caricatures of like, especially when we're not present when other people are talking about us, you know, and as a co-owner, yeah. like you have to be the whipping boy for the team when, especially when you're not around, you are, welcome to stand up for yourself when you are there. But so there probably was some unfairness to, to not to nitpick, but I think Mike's response to the offer was, I definitely will, would not do that. And I read that and I said, I know someone else who wouldn't do it talking about you, which is a little different. (laughs) I don't know. We might have to check the tape on this, but I don't want to. I don't want to stop the podcast. I don't want to do so. We'll, we'll have to go every, back in. We'll let everyone else fact check us. They, <laughs> yeah, they can look it up. Everyone uh, in the in, entirely large audience of this podcast, please go back in the archives and check to see how it was referred to. Well, it's funny because I like I haven't been posting regularly for a while on uh, my other podcast, and so like the analytics tell you like. I don't even, I forget exactly how they break it down, but like your average audience, because I'm not posting new content, less people are coming. And so like right now, this podcast, which is only for our league has like half or like a third of the audience of my other podcast, which is for a general <laughs> audience. So we're actually doing, we're doing pretty good. Um, so Can't I, argue with that. you said, and I agree that you've improved, uh, not just as a co-owner, but like your dynasty football knowledge has improved. Um, you probably because I think you might be the most outspoken co-owner when it comes to football. Um, I feel like you often get, you're just a co-owner thrown at you more than m- most. Um, but what, now's your chance. So what's the biggest thing that you think you bring to our team? So, you know, it comes with the territory. All co-owners are going to come with that stigma. And, you know, I'm not going to apologize for being a co-owner. I think that being a co-owner is great. It's it's wonderful. So, (laughs) you know, uh, but I'm going to probably answer this in two ways. I think I'm going to answer what I bring to our team as well as what I bring to the league in general, because it's possible if I had to own my own team, maybe I wouldn't be in the league. I'd be the next Galante. So I do like being involved because I've done the other side where I was the commissioner in the NL only league and not having a connection to the team is a little bit different. It's definitely a different perspective. So at least for our team, I mean, first and foremost, I bring 40% of the league fees. I think that's pretty important. It takes a little bit of burden off of you and it makes me a little bit financially invested. So that's not to be discounted. Right. Um, and then I think in my mind, what I try to do for our team is balance you out. I think you'd be the first to admit you're a little, you're a gunslinger, if you will. <laughs> I'm the Jameis <laughs> Winston of our league. There's a, there's a reason why, uh, <laughs> last time I checked, we still had the most trades in the league. Although Troy was breathing down our neck last time I looked. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a reason why you are that way. And you know, you really would be Jameis Winston if I wasn't in the background in your ear telling you maybe you shouldn't do this trade. Um, so I try to balance you off a little bit, a little bit and have you bounce when you bounce ideas off of me, maybe you reconsider them or um, maybe you just say, Oh, that was a bad idea. I don't really want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that that's happened before. So that's one thing I do. And then, you know, I try to be your voice of reason. What I think that, what I think our team has, the dynamic has kind of boiled down to, especially in more recent years is, you seem to be the guy who's really driven by value. Like I want to get more value. If we're going to make a trade, I want to win the trade in terms of value. It doesn't mean that like we're going to walk away winning the trade, like having people say we fleece the other person, but you know, we're taking on more value than we're giving away. And if not in the short term, then definitely in the long term. Right. And then my perspective of this, and it's kind of evolved over the years is I try to keep us very goal oriented. So, you know, at the end of the day, we want to win another mug. And sometimes some of the moves you're making or trying to make or discussing with other owners are things that might be good for us in the long run, but like 
we have to win the mug now because right. it's this it's we're heading into the playoffs and I want to make sure that we have that as our primary concern and you know the first pick the first round pick in the next year and these are just hypothetical examples isn't as important to me as well as you know I think that we both do a good job of weighing the longevity of of our team you know right. it's it's easy to have a team that you know peaks and does good and then like it tanks out and then you're kind of like digging out and I think that from the beginning of this league, you and I have both been single-minded on trying to win now, you know, after that first year of trips building and trying to sustain so that we're not ever in, you know, the bottom of the league where we can't really dig ourselves out and have to wait two, three years like some other owners have had to do. And, you know, of no fault of their own. It's just like the situation that they find themselves in. And I don't want to be in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would, uh, I'd agree that, with those things and those things being the, the most important things that you bring to the team that uh, a sounding board, I don't, that, that might sound like too, I could talk to my kids about a team, like they could be a sounding board, but you give me helpful feedback uh, as we talk about it. And like what I think you got there at the, got to at the end is like you drive to like a why, like, okay, what you're saying isn't completely stupid, but why would we do that? Um, right. and they're my, like, if I'm bringing it to you, it's my idea. So I don't always think that I'm just like, Oh, here's an idea. Like, let's go do this thing. Like I'm going to text Mike while recording with Troy or something. Um, and you're like, okay, but why, like, why are we doing <laughs> yeah. that? And exactly. And I, that is helpful. It's helpful for sure. And, and sometimes you don't have an answer to that question. I, I ask why and you go, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. And that I, it's yeah. Thursday and uh, you know, I had less work to do than I thought I did. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, well, you, let me answer the, so you know, I think that there's another half of this. I think that I bring a lot to the league. Um, and I don't say that to like, you know, make myself look good, but I literally think that like I bring things to the league that, you know, some people don't, you know, I, I designed the logo, you know, I think that's pretty cool. It's a cool logo. We have it, it on a whole cool bunch logo. of stuff. Um, Sarlo and I basically tag team the whole idea of the mug. You know, he came, he, he and I were just chatting back and forth and he said, you know, what, what about doing something like this? What about doing something like this? And then, you know, we came to the idea of like blazers, which was, we thought was a good idea, but it really wasn't. And then ultimately we got to the mug and then the mug design and, you know, like these ideas that are coming through, somebody has got to think of them. And then more importantly, I think is, we're we have a lot of people in this league who like to think of ideas got a lot of idea guys they're great i love ideas but what i like more than ideas is execution (laughs) so i think that i'm i do a pretty decent job of executing you know getting the things like that done working with sarla to get the mug done um even things like the top golf event that we went to where we had a whole bunch of guys go to top golf you know i was the driver of that i was the one that like you know told everybody where and when to meet and I just wanted to get it done. I'm just like, I'm the, type of, I'm the type of guy that like, I know that sometimes you can talk about ideas until, you know, the cows come home, but they never happen. And I want to make sure that some of these things happen. So I do think that I bring things to the league as well. And I'm, I'm an active co-owner. Um, and I, I hope that my personality, you know, it's probably not the same as it is in person as it is online, but my personality is a welcome one. Yeah, yeah. No, I think for sure. I think all those things that you brought up and being how many things have we collectively not executed on? As a league? Yeah. (laughs) I've lost so much count. I I don't know. Dozens. I mean, and I'm not guilty. Tens of of dozens. I'm guilty of it too. There's definitely things I said would be a good idea and we haven't executed on. But like my goal at the end of the day is to be more, more of a, a, doer than a sayer you know and sometimes it's to do things that other people say so that's the way i look at it and that's the way i kind of think so yeah so when you hopped on the zoom uh there was a a visual gag that no one else saw we one weren't (laughs) recording and two they're listening um but i had the hdl logo as like my uh virtual background uh i actually i reached out today uh to someone online i had bought an etsy i made i had a flag made for something at church before and i reached out to them today to see if they could make an hdl one so as i interview more people there might be an actual hdl flag behind me fingers crossed that sounds awesome um 
it is a, it's a sweet logo for sure yeah and it has that like behind the scenes meaning that maybe even some of the new guys don't even know about. that's true I, maybe with this episode check the the show notes to this episode i'll put because there's a medium art, article right. so i'll i'll dig that up and i'll put it in the show notes um this you when we were talking about trades and um you kind of balancing me out when i talked to troy i said that one of the things that trading a lot does is it allows you to make up for bad trades. Like you can kind of, you can, if you're going to make a lot of trades, you kind of have to make a lot of trades because you're going to lose some. And you, I think it helps cancel out some of the volatility of those trades. Would you agree with that? Yeah, totally. I agree. I mean, I think a great example of that is um, what was it, the first time we traded Bell and we kind of regretted it immediately. And then we ultimately ended up flipping David Johnson to get Bell back. Right. Um, and, you know, Bell hasn't been anything to speak of uh, that's worthwhile. But I think that we kind of like reset ourselves, almost had a redo. And I wasn't happy about the trade in general. It was one of the times where I'd say it's fair to say that if we're ever tied, you know, you really want to do a trade and I really don't want to do a trade. Unless the person is like adamant that like, there's no way in hell I would let you do this trade. I usually let, and you're the one usually initiate initiating the trade offers. I'm so, if you think it's a good idea for the team, you know, right? I guess I think that that's fair. But I'm gonna voice my concern with it, and I think I voiced my concern with that one, and immediately I felt, felt like regret, like and it didn't feel good. So yeah, I totally agree that as you continue to trade, you can continue to flip assets, and you're not really locked into anything either. Whereas, you know, there's some teams in the league that just feel like they're set and, you know, it's either they're going to have a good year or they're not going to have a good year. And I don't want to be in that situation. I want to like build to make it a good year, even in spite of some of the things that are definitely going to be happening. Yeah. I think one thing that Troy and I didn't talk about, but I think that's beneficial about trading a lot is the rapport it builds with you and other owners in the league. Like when someone wants to make a trade, I bet one of the first teams they look at is ours because they know, we're down to trade. And so um, I think that (laughs) DTT, that's us. Uh, So uh, we've been, we've co-owned in baseball league. We've co-owned in this league, but if you had to co-own a team with one other primary owner, who would it be? Interesting. So it's kind of an interesting question because, you know, you're not asking me who do I think I would win a mug with. You're asking me who would I want to be a co-owner. Right. There's relationship dynamics. There's also (laughs) winning is the point ultimately. Yeah. I think with all the owners that are out there, the one who I'd probably most want to own a team with other than you would probably be Sarlo. Um, And there's a couple of things that go into that. Um, First and foremost, I think that, what I'm looking for in a co-owner is somebody who's going to do a majority of the work. That's not to say all of it, but like, you know, <laughs> if there's a 50% and 50%, I'd rather be 60, 40 or 70, 30 or, right. um, and then on top of that, you know, I don't watch or follow college football at all. So when we're talking about rookies, like I know nothing, you know, I wanted to fast forward through the section of you and Troy's <laughs> conversation where you were talking about it, but like, I couldn't do it. Like, I tried to hit the button. And, you know, for some reason, I'm just addicted to listening to us <laughs> talk about our league. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so I, I listened to all of it and I was like, yeah, I wonder who these guys are. They sound, they have interesting names. <laughs> uh, and then on top of that, you know, I've worked with Sarlo in the past, you know, we've, we're friends. We work on like little projects here and there. He's come to me with designs that he's done. I've come to him with ideas I have for the league and we've seen things through. So I think that he'd just be an easy person to get along with and, yeah. and, and work with. And yeah, I think we'd have fun and, I'd be better than hard for him. I'm just kidding. Kind of know what, you, what we Shots do fired. Um, what about you? You're not going to get off the hook with this question. Who Who would you want to be your co-owner? Um, so I actually, I was close to co-owning a team in another league with Sarlo. And then we needed more owners. So he left me. Um, but I that, that would have been a fun experiment because I th- I don't think he would uh, like balance me out the way you do. I think he'd tip the scales like more in my favor and we'd be even more of a loose cannon. Yeah. I think, I think there's a, there's an 
it's not an art or anything, but there's a position that you are, you're the passenger in the car when you're the co-owner. Like there's a reason why, you know, we say it's Hallahan's team because like you're the driver and you're the one who's like the primary owner. And I own that. And I don't ever try to pretend that I'm the one driving uh, this team, but like there's a nuance to that where you got to kind of like, know, you know, I'm, I'm a lot more behind the scenes. We're a lot more equal behind the scenes than we are in front of the, in front of everybody, especially yeah. when it comes to trade negotiations and things like that. I'm more of the person who you, we come back to and we discuss it. I'm not usually the ones out on the front line. And part of that is just personality. I think you have a better personality for it than me. And, you know, I'm not the type of guy that'll be, at least I don't, I don't think I am anymore. That'll be like a guy on your team sucks. You should trade him to me. Cause I think that that's a <laughs> dick thing to say. Um, and it's definitely a, a thing I've, I have done in the past, but I try not to do anymore, but I know that my personality can be abrasive sometimes. Um, and even when I'm not trying for it to be, so you're the good person to have out there on the front lines and, and getting these trades done. That's why I'm the bad news commissioner too. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I don't want to bring bad news <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, so Sarlo would be fun, but I don't know that that would necess- him and I would necessarily be the best combination. Um, I think uh, Troy and I kind of own a team. He's pretty passive in that, but if we were serious about it, I think Troy, even Mike, um, just because I know I'm very like analytic driven. I don't watch college football. Um, I don't even watch that much NFL football. Like I watched. I watch the Eagles and I watch primetime. Like that's what I watch, but they are very like film driven. So they just bring a different aspect to like analysis uh, that I'm not about to get into. So, uh, so for that reason, I would like to own theoretically, I'd like to own a team with them just because I think it would give us a a bigger picture of like player evaluation. And uh, there are going to be guys that they like that I don't and vice versa because of that. Um, so I think that that would be a, an interesting dynamic to work with. Sure. All right. I got a question for you now. Okay. This one, I, I gave you some of my questions in advance because I think there was some homework to do on some of them. Right. But this question I didn't. So okay. you're, you're the commissioner. I know, I know some of the duties of a commissioner since I've been a commissioner in the past. You're writing down all 12 teams. You're texting every owner, right? Who's, okay. who's number 12? Who's the last one you think of? Who's the one who's always like, oh, I'm at 11. Who's number 12? Um, it's weird that like you're asking me to think of the last one that I think of. Um, you might have to like list them all out and see who number 12 is. So I just, I won't tell you, I'll tell you who I did. I actually listed them out before we started just so I could say what my answer was. Yeah. It, I'm wondering if I'm forgetting someone now, uh, um, there, so I, there are probably a cut like it it fluctuates i think there's probably like a bottom tier like i'm likely to forget someone in here um, okay. and it's ian um uh, billy and uh marina okay and even though marina's been around forever he just is like there but it's like there like, it's like air. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, name the things in this room. Like, I'm not going to say air. Air's always been there. Um, and it's so uh, Marino is kind of that. Ian and New Mike being so quiet. And then Billy, um, you make a habit of not playing games with teenagers. I just make a habit of not thinking about teenagers. So that's why <laughs> Billy has, is probably low on the list. Fair. Yeah. So I, I, I have my answer. My answer is actually Billy. I think that I've, I've gone through exercises where like I've wanted to write down all 12 owners for something or I want to, we're looking at trades and I want to like look at all the other teams and I want to like think of who else I want to trade with or something like that. And I've done this before. It's definitely Billy is my last one. Although there's, I agree, there's probably a tier. Um, and then I just wrote him out earlier just to, to see what it would be like. And that's the person who was last was Sarlo. So <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I, mean, I, I go from maybe I want to co-own a team with this guy to I totally forgot he was in the league. Yeah, you're sinking that ship pretty quickly. I think uh, I think him moving to Texas has something to do with that. I'm going to go with that. Yeah, that's got to be it for sure. Um, so uh, we were a few um, podcasts in here. So you've you've heard some of us. Some of this is going to have to be projecting out because 
you haven't heard everyone, but if you had to listen to, you had to subscribe rate and review one podcast that consisted of three HDL members. Um, we'll even say like our Slack in case you want Galante in there for some reason, um, okay. but primary co-owners, whatever, any of those people, what trio of HDL people, and if you can put yourself in it, if you want, uh, would you have on a podcast? Well, let's start off by saying I don't expect that I would make, nor would I be a regular <laughs> to a podcast. Uh, I don't think I'd make a list of people who are the most entertaining. So I would say I'm probably in the bottom half of our own league. But I had to come in here and make you apologize for, for all the slander. <laughs> I still so don't think I've I done couldn't that. Let but... it spin. I know, but we'll get there before the end of the conversation. <laughs> Um, so not me. I would not want to listen to myself. I don't think I've ever listened to myself in this format. So it'll be interesting to actually hear what my voice sounds like. <laughs> um, but it, it, I think it kind of depends on, you know, what the podcast is. Are we talking, we're talking an HDL podcast. Like this is the HDL podcast. There's three people. I, and if that's the case, I think, yeah, maybe it's a little unfair, but I, I'd probably lean toward you, Troy and head, which is, odd because there's three that have been on right. so totally owning up the fact that i might have been influenced by the previous conversations but i do think that you all bring a different perspective i think that you're kind of like the everyman the normal guy troy is like in the weeds like way further than i'd want to be and you know those conversations are worthwhile to have and then head is ideas guy he's got <laughs> good questions he's got good opinions he's got good rants and you know, he's just like a fun guy to be listening to. So I think that th those would be the three. The wild card, I would say, is probably uh, Brett. I don't know <laughs> if Brett would be interesting or not. I, I'm, I'm hoping that he can get on here and I can see what he's like in podcast format. I think that he might be interesting, uh, an interesting person to listen to. But I don't, I don't think that he breaks into the top three as of right now. Yeah. I'll have to see it to believe it. And then the other person I thought would be interesting is Milzy, just because like, the stories would be amazing yeah <laughs> you know like just bringing in like oh yeah well we were in uh napa last week right after we <laughs> got off the slopes in denver and it's like okay yeah and like he's bringing a bottle of tito's to the <laughs> conversation because he won it and you know we're going to see a movie later tonight for free because he got us tickets so yeah i think he would be probably an uninteresting wild card as well he can be the producer who like chimes in every once in a while yeah that's probably a good that's role basically him, right? his role in slack so that's true um yeah i think the three you chose was a good one i think brett like so i think being able to like put on a persona uh like via text is and keep that up is a lot easier than like in the flesh live conversation um I agree like that's a lot harder. If he could be Bipu on the microphone consistently, uh, that that might be that might crack the top three. But I yeah I don't know if he he'd be able to do that. I actually I have a good question to follow up with that with. So okay, um, other than Bipu, who is a ca a cartoon character, <laughs> right? Who which owners Slack personality and real personality are like the most different? <clears throat> yeah um i i think the so the person who comes to mind first is actually is mike alpa um because he's he's taken a bit of a step back through in slack but like i think if i polled everyone like what do you think about mike or whatever like um because he like rage quit the the <laughs> simmer or whatever like when we did the thunderdome like he rage quit that and like he's had like a few outbursts before and like he he also like has at least politically like he has contrary opinions to like a majority of the league and he's not necessarily afraid to like put those out there and so it can and it's a text-based forum so i think mike's uh like the reputation that he gets from Slack is probably that he's like a little aggressive and may abrasive maybe as well. Um, and like quick to anger. Um, but every time like I've been around Mike, like he's not that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I remember the first time he came, we did like the summit or whatever at my house and 
he was like about to disagree with something and he like apologized beforehand. He's like, <laughs> like he actually said like, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I remember Calhoun being like, what? Like, what are you doing? Why are you saying sorry? Um, we don't do that. We don't do that. Um, but I think, I think he, he's not as active as he once was. So uh, it's probably not as sexy an answer, but I, that's who came to mind first. Do you think that he's less active because his team has kind of been, you know, so-so for the last few years? Or do you think that's just like a conscious decision? I mean, obviously, it's a question for him to answer, but yeah, yeah. we're discussing. Yeah, there's probably a, a bunch of uh, factors that that come into that. Um, you know, I, well, I think his life missioner now. So yeah, his life has changed. Like he was kind of taking like community classes when we started, and like playing poker a bunch for money um and now he's like a full-time teacher um and so like i think that that changes some um based on some insight i got from troy uh his interest in football has dialed down a little bit because the cowboys suck um and are (laughs) frustrating so i think that probably plays a part of it um so i think it's probably and and it's when your team is not contending every year it's harder to be as involved so i think all of those probably play some some part i don't know what percentage each one does yeah yeah totally i think i think i agree we'll have them on we'll we'll figure out um so we people who are active and not active we uh we would love to have active people in slack that is always the benefit and if we could like bring in someone from the outside we tried with joel and bead we really wanted him to be our friend um and by we tried i don't know what i really mean by that i think we talked about it a lot <laughs> i think there's like three days on twitter consistently where i like uh tweeted at him and said like join us um but if there was one celebrity uh that we could bring they would not just join slack they would actually own a team which right. celebrity would you have uh, come into the league? So I think the way I interpreted this question was which sports athlete celebrity would I, would I want fine. to do? And in that situation, I tried really hard. I looked at every team and every roster. I, I, I generally kept it to current rosters because, you know, who wants the old retired guys, the <laughs> old elder statesmen? Um, and I, I tried to come up with somebody who wasn't this answer and I couldn't. So my answer would be Travis Konechny because I think the dude is <laughs> hilarious and I think that he would trash talk us all under the table. <laughs> he'd just chirp us all day and he'd just, you know, he'd call me a, he'd call me a nerd and he'd tell me to eat up and he'd just get under my skin. And I think that's, you know, another person to get under people's skin is, you know, fine by me sure. um, with honorable mention going to uh, Kevin Hayes, who I don't know why he's so amazing, but you know, he doesn't know. <laughs> I like, just those makes are good me picks, laugh. Yeah. Those are good picks. So TK's coming in and heck Kevin Hayes is coming as his co-owner. So we got both of them. Who are they replacing? <laughs> Oh, goodness. Let's see. I don't think I expected this part. <laughs> Who are they replacing? Okay. Uh, let's start by – let's replace Let's replace Calhoun because he doesn't trade, and hopefully one of these guys like, <laughs> likes to trade before the deadline. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I love Calhoun. Like... He's, he's one of my favorite people in the league, but the dude just does not answer trade requests. And I feel like being professional athletes, like they get deadlines. I think you're right. I think that they would understand the deadlines better, and uh, I don't think it'd be as ambiguous, especially when one of the commissioners told them, this is the deadline, don't go over it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I like that pick. I, I was thinking uh, less active Slack people. Mm. So I was thinking yeah. and new Mike that they would replace okay. the, that team. That's fair. Although maybe I'm, maybe I'm just projecting Calhoun into the Galante role. <laughs> He's still yeah, here. which is fine. On That's Slack, fine. he just, you know, maybe his team yeah. trades more. Um, you know, he, I think that Calhoun, a great example, I've told him before, so it's not a secret to him, but he could use a co-owner. He could Absolutely. use somebody that he could would use really a push him. 
he could use a you in the conversation. Like, I feel like he and I, Calhoun and I, are more similar personalities. You know, I would probably sit on my own team if I had my own. Um, and I wouldn't make as many trades as we do for sure. Right. Um, and he needs somebody like you who's just like, you know, turning and burning, talking to people and always thinking it's like, there's nobody on our roster that's untradeable. And I'm always like having the conversations, even if you don't know about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. How many, the, I wasn't planning to ask this, but how many times, if you had to put a number on it, how many times have I made a trade proposal? and then come back to you like afterwards? How many times have you? Or even a percentage of Wait, our you trades. Mean like actually Do I, made? Not like you mean I, like we I already made this upon. trade to Troy. I made this proposal to Troy, what do you think? Or he's, yeah. he's on board? <laughs> yeah, how many times have I not? But there are, okay, so let me just tell you, there are times where I've made it like first, I've said, and I preface it with, I haven't talked to Scott yet because I can't have them say yes. And then <laughs> me like renege on a trade, but right. um, like, so I'll say that and then I'll come to you and I won't necessarily tell you, Hey, I just okay. talked to Troy about this. What yeah, do yeah. you think? I'm bringing it to you as if you're the first person I've talked to. about. It. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd put it in a percentage. Let's see. It's probably like, it's probably higher than people think. <laughs> it's probably close to like it's in the it's in the 30s like 30 some percent at least a third of the trades that come to me are in some form of like we already had 80 percent of the negotiation <laughs> i think that's probably that's probably close i thought it might be higher than that actually yeah i thought you were going to um, say like a quarter and my thought was it's definitely higher than that so yeah it's like it's higher we're talking like a third or so we're probably we're getting closer to the yeah. anyway and that's fine with me you know i'm not i'm not yeah i don't need to be in every conversation I, speaking of i do want to be in every conversation before it's over yes. yeah, yeah, yeah um speaking of uh percentages and trades uh another question i just thought of but like in a trade negotiation say you're you're leading a trade negotiation or i have not talked to anyone about it uh and we know what our final offer is we know like max offer is mm -hmm. this what like percentage of that offer are you would you normally make your first offer does that make sense so you're willing to so offer 100 percent. are right. you going to come in at 60 oh, okay. are you going to come in at 80 are you coming in somewhere in between there it probably depends on who i'm talking to you know like there's like the no nonsense people where you got to come in with like almost your firm offer and right. you know if they say no then like okay good riddance we'll have another conversation on another on another trade and in those situations then there's probably not a lot of and it might not even be like they take it seriously they might just be the type of person that doesn't like to negotiate right they don't like to go back and forth and they don't like to think that they're getting worn out um but as a general rule i'd probably say at this point in this league i'd probably lean in the higher end probably 80 yeah. percent of what i'm willing to offer because i think that if you if you start low you start to offend people and i think people have gotten smarter and the fleecings have gotten fewer so it's not really worth it you're not going to get that like 50 percent of what i'm willing to offer trade nowadays and in fact if you're a team who's making the playoffs and pushing for a mug, as you can see from this past, you know, lead up to the playoffs, the top tier teams are willing to take a hit in order to get the guy that they need for, for their run. So, yeah. you know, we're going out there and we're actually offering like 90%, hundred percent right off the bat, because not only do we need to get that done, but there are other people who we don't get that player. They might get right. that player. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And I think I'm, I'm with you like 80, 80%. And then there are uh, for different reasons, but there are guys who are just no BS. Like you're not, you're not going to negotiate with Calhoun because you might not even get a response from Calhoun. So if right. you're going to send yeah, him a trade offer, your best offer, right. Um, Sarlo, I think is another one who like I've made him offers that, like you said, I don't think he's looked at them and been like, this is disrespectful, but his response is no, because yeah. he's not going to like, this is not a trade that I want to do, so I'm not going to talk about it. 
Masala is one of the guys I was thinking of because we've had conversations where like you and him have been talking and like, you know, he and I have a good relationship. So I'll be like, dude, why did that trade not go through? It seems like it would make sense for both of our teams. And he'd be like, yeah, it makes sense for you. And then he'll like trash the trade. I'm like, okay, like this is a conversation that's not going anywhere. So let's just end this now. But yeah, he's the type of person where it's like, he's got to like the trade and he's not going to wiggle around and, and make it work. He's going to like it or he's going to, he's just going to say no to you. And the other thing I've noticed about Sarlo is like, he's like, he's not the negotiator. He's like, make me an offer. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, here's an offer. And he's like, no. And it's like, all right, make a counter. He's like, no, make me another offer. And we'll have another <laughs> conversation. It's like, no, like, come back. What's, what's missing? What do you need? Like, Just make me an offer. And we'll talk about the offer. I'm like, yeah. Just tell me you need wide receivers. And we'll, we'll talk about the wide receivers on our team. Yeah. You know what trade I'm glad didn't go through? Do you remember the, the one with him last year? Was it the um, – hold on. Uh, the San Diego guy. No? Who, who's, who's the, who was the wide receiver on San Diego? Keenan Allen? For? Yeah, that trade. That was the one Troy ended up getting. Remember we okay. were all in yeah, the conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that the one you were happy about? No. That I, I, I vaguely remember what you're talking about, but it was so – That was last a big year, trade. Yeah, it was a big trade. Last year um, – Falcone traded for Nick Chubb from Billy. And we were like, oh, that's not cool. Um, <laughs> and we had just traded for Chris Godwin. And for it was a first-round pick. Ended up actually being the 101 because it was heads pick. But we traded um, that first-round pick for Chris Godwin. And then we offered – I'm pretty sure we offered Godwin and a first for uh, Joe Mixon. Oh, right. Right. You were big on – you were high on Joe Mixon. I, I was, was high, on, high Joe on Joe Mixon. I wasn't – neither of us were thrilled about that trade. Yeah, I, was, I believe the conversation we had was his ceiling is good Le'Veon Bell. Is the way, he's the, or the next Le'Veon Bell is what I think you told me. Yeah, that's his Mixon, ceiling. yeah. Mixon, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's definitely – And I, I was like, well, of course. That I would don't be know great. that I'm off that that's his ceiling. I, I like Joe Mixon this year too. Um I like the Cincinnati offense, but that's that's for another time um, or another another guess. Uh, do you miss rookie picks? Because we don't have them anymore. <laughs> no, I don't miss rookie anything. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't I don't know enough about them. So yeah, yeah. it's like it's definitely. I think the biggest discrepancy between our ownership comes around draft time, where you do most of the work, both on like the picking and the and that's where i'll own and i'm a total sounding board even at the draft like you're like i think we should go for this guy like yeah that sounds great <laughs> it's like i'm just like looking at like to see how many tight ends we have <laughs> you're like actually analyzing things because that's just not my style and it's like that's one of the reasons why i don't want to own a team because i don't want to do that work and i don't want to I don't want to put my time into that because I already have little time to, to spare. I've done money to not have my kids in the house for two days just so I can like have some more time to do stuff for me. Yes. Uh, so like, you know, when, when I hear you guys talking about like multiple leagues and Troy's watching tape on all these colleges and I'm just thinking to myself, where, where do you guys find the time to do that? And, you know, I, I end up having to choose, like, am I going to exercise? Am I going to watch TV? Am I going to listen to podcasts? Or am I going to play a video game? And it's usually watch TV. And the other three things go by, by the wayside. I'm not going to have any of those things. I'm going to get fatter because I'm not exercising. <laughs> I'm going to have – the only reason I've opened Spider-Man finally was because there's a global pandemic and I'm in my house 24-7. I got that game for Christmas two years ago, and I hadn't had a chance to play it. So – I don't know where you guys find the time or the, or I don't understand how you own multiple teams to be totally honest. Like I, from a conceptual side, I get that you have multiple teams, but it's like split allegiances and thinking about all these players and different rules and different social groups and different trade negotiations. Yeah. Troy's your friend in one is your enemy in the other. I don't know how you guys balance this. Honestly, stuff. it is. It's weird. Um, and like, I, I'm in two 
And, but I feel the same way you do. Like as I listen to podcasts or whatever, and guys are in like 12 dynasty leagues, I'm like, no, you're not like (laughs) you're, that's a lie. (laughs) Like um, you pay for 12, but you can't, I don't know how you do that. Um, like, Like how do you watch a football point? Like you're watching the Buccaneers play the Patriots, right? And it's like, I want everybody in this game to score. I want yeah. every quarterback to throw a touchdown, every receiver to catch it. And, you know, at yeah. the end of the day, one of my teams will win and one of my teams will lose. Yeah, you have to, I guess, like, because uh, so a friend of mine, he's in a bunch and he does like redraft ones. He does like he's in a bunch of different like formats, too, but obviously has a bunch of different players and he doesn't look at the scores of the games until after like the, the first time he checks any scores are after the four o'clock games. Um, but so that way, like at least you can watch the first sets of games, the one o'clock and the four o'clock without like driving yourself crazy. But then he's always like, still, he like texts me and he's like, yeah, I need Juju to score uh, two touchdowns on Sunday night, but he can't get more than 112 yards. And I also need uh, James Conner to. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I don't, I don't See, care. Like that, like I'm just, I, I have like a narrow vision. It's like I need Juju to score a touchdown and get 100 yards, and we win our matchup. And I don't have to worry about who threw the ball. <laughs> I don't have to worry about what the defense. It's like I just have like singular focus, and that works better for me. I don't know if you remember, but like I went through a phase. So I, I don't know. I started playing fantasy sports somewhere around 2002 or something. I don't know what year it was. I was in high school. And then, like, I got really into it. And this was, like, primitive times back, like, before ESPN even had fantasy right. sports on their on their website. Got really into it. And then, like, I realized, like, you know, I'm watching, like, I was playing fantasy hockey at one point. I was watching the Flyers game. And I'm, like, rooting for, like, some ranger to score. And I'm, like, what am I doing? This is stupid. Like, I hate it so much. So I, like, quit cold turkey. And I was like, I don't want anything to do with fantasy sports. Like, I have my teams I like, and I don't like that feeling of like not wanting the Flyers to win, but like to have somebody else score a couple goals on them. Or like, I want the Eagles to win, but I want uh, Odell Beckham to catch a touchdown in the loss for his team. Like, I don't, I didn't like doing that. So when I eventually came back to playing fantasy sports, I had a pretty firm line in the sand of like, like I don't care. I don't care what my fancy teams do. I don't care how much it costs me. I want my Philly teams to do well first and foremost. And then all that other stuff can like, if it happens, it happens, but I have my priorities now and they're pretty set. And to diverse them even more with like 10 teams, it already feels bad enough that like there's times where you find yourself rooting for somebody like a, like a giant or something like that. And you're like, right. but I hate the giant. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want the giants to do good. I want them to all suck. <laughs> <laughs> Am I making this up or towards the end of, cause we, before the NL only league, we did like a mixed uh, baseball league. Did you not draft NL East players or is that someone else? That wasn't me. That wasn't me. That. I, it might've been, maybe it was, I don't know. I was I was gonna say it's Jesse, but I don't know. That doesn't sound like a Jesse thing either. But well, first, maybe in it, no, that this is, no, that wasn't me. It was sounds someone. like something I might do, but I don't think that I ever would have been up being able to do it. I think it might have been like a maybe a mantra, like only if it's the best player. <laughs> right. Like right. if it came down to two, I wouldn't pick the guy in the NL East. But yeah, um, we have. So, uh, go ahead. Let me ask you. Let me ask you my question. So. Uh, obviously there's people you're going to have a conversation with where like you're going to talk draft picks and stock of players and rising and falling that stuff's fun uh, that's for them to have those conversations with you Leah's i care more about like the branding <laughs> hi leah how's it going <laughs> she can't hear you i have headphones on <laughs> i care i care more about like you know some of the other things so i i was thinking what do you think who do you think had the best team name in our league history so this was one of the ones that you let me in on and uh, I had to yeah, go homework. I had to actually go and look back at them because only ours like stood out and not necessarily <laughs> as great, but just as I remember these. Um, right. I do think, so I have, I have two honorable mentions and then uh, I have a top three that I haven't actually placed one, two, three, but 
Okay. They're they're the winners. So the honorable mention is ours from this year. <laughs> the the actual trade deadline date. November twenty eight <laughs> p.m. Yes. That that was which I was think, for for everybody that knows that doesn't know. I have 100% naming rights for our team. So anytime our team gets named, it's me that has the final decision. Usually it's me that has the idea, but I have the final decision. I have 100% naming rights. But this one was 100%. You had the idea. You still had to run it by me. I saw, but like I basically, you told it to me around the time of the trade or something like that. The, the Calhoun-Troy trade that never was. And I remember being like, all right, that's the leader in the clubhouse. And unless I come up with something better, which I never did, that's going to be our teammate next year. Yeah. Um, so so that, that gets an honorable mention. Uh, I, I typically don't like, especially as like we've, we've evolved in, I don't know if maturity is the right word. That definitely sounds like a little pompous way to put it. But I've moved away from liking uh, like the team names that revolve around a player name, like the mm-hmm. player name puns. But yeah, uh, Nick Martino had one because uh, he his was Jordan Cameron Jordan <laughs> yes. because he had both Jordan Cameron and Cam Jordan on his team. Yeah, that, that was a good one. Uh, that was so, a good one. So that also gets honorable mention. All right, rest but the in three peace. <laughs> rest in peace. He uh, his brewery does like home deliveries now. Uh, like since we're in. Uh, lockdown and i'm i'm oh. thinking about like getting a growler or something and nice he can come and talk to me from six feet away <laughs> you but can, you can support the people you kicked out of the league <laughs> exactly yeah um and then the so the three these are the three that as i look through them stuck out to me as being clever and or fitting or whatever uh but when we did the um game of thrones theme mm-hmm. uh Falcone's three-eyed pigeon. I thought <laughs> yeah. that that was good. That was a good okay. One. Yeah. Um, the first year that Troy left Mike, Mike's team was Mike and Roy's dynasty. <laughs> I thought right. that was good. Okay. Because the, the whole Roy persona was was a good time. And then Fal- um, not Falcone, uh, Mealy. Uh, we I think we ragged on him the most for losing trades, and so his team name one year was Fleeced or Famine. I thought, right. that, I thought that was good too so those are the three very topical for the time that i thought stuck out nice. did you have yeah. some memory lane yeah, yeah. I, I mean i did my homework too um i had i had two honorable mentions and i just had one i had one winner okay so the honorable mentions and surprisingly none of them overlap so we okay. totally disagree i do agree <laughs> that the um the player name puns have not been as high on my list as they were maybe five or 10 years ago. Yeah. They used to be like all I would consider. Right, <laughs> and right. that's not really the way I do it anymore. But I didn't, I didn't consider any of our team names since, you know, if they're all my ideas and how would it feel <laughs> to say like, yeah, this was the best team name that I <laughs> <Right>. came up <laughs> with. <laughs> um, so the honorable mentions go to when Troy took over Mealy's team, he called mm. it Mealy's Talkover. Yes, that was, that was close. <laughs> I considered that one. Millie's Talkover was definitely one of my favorites. And then I don't want to like this team name because it's so wrong, but it's just like, it's almost like a uh, Cards Against Humanity win. Like, you just can't say no to it. It was uh, Falcone's Bill Cosby's Sleepers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) That was a, it it still makes. You cut out. So Bill Bill Cosby sleeper was honorable mention, and then so what yeah. was the winner? So my winner, final answer is uh, heads team name Chris Carter's Fall Guys. <laughs> that was the same year as Bill Cosby sleepers. That was a good year for team names. It was a good year for team names. Was it was it a uh, Three Comic Club as well? That I think that might have been Three Comic Club. Yeah, which was I did like Three Comic Club, but. You know, you had to. That was you had to. I didn't get the reference because I have. It was Silicon Valley, right? Yeah, it was Silicon Valley, and I had a great gift for it too. Yeah, like yeah. the guy with it the was the gift. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it was the gift, yes. Um, but yes, uh, those those are good ones, and the, even the ones the ones that you mentioned, those three, like I as I read them, looking through all the past team names, I was like. 
Like I thought about it. I thought about it. Yeah. Um, I did the same with the ones you picked. So I think yeah. we're on the same page generally. Yeah. Um, so we have one, well, rest in peace. We had one two mug winner. Uh, he, he will not get to three mugs. Uh, um, but who will be, so at, someone is going to take at least, there's 12 of us, 13 years. Someone is going to go at least 13 years without a mug now. Right, right, exactly. Um, and then probably 14 when we win it again this year. So, of course, of course. <laughs> so who's the last person to win a mug? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to keep throwing him under the bus, but unless he unless he changes his strategy, I think the answer to this question is Calhoun, because mm-hmm. he's riding he's riding the team downward, and you know he's definitely he has more draft picks than he's had before, so he's making some moves in that direction. But I just I find him hard to trade with, and if you look at the teams that are competing for the mug every year, they're the teams that are trading pretty actively. Yeah. So unless he changes his strategy, I think that he's probably going to be the last one, but. The thing is, he was like a favorite back in the beginning of the league. So it's not that he doesn't have the ability to draft or the ability to have a good team. It's just that, like, it's hard to get off the schneid when you're on the way down. So I think that everybody has a chance to win, though. Like, no shade at anybody. I think that fantasy football is just evil. And sometimes <laughs> bad teams cough, be-poo, cough, somehow find a way to make it a long way and potentially even win. So, and not to, I'm not saying. Lost it again. I'm here. Um, you were just not saying something, but. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that he doesn't have a good team now. I'm right. saying that, like. He's had teams in the past that were not very good that happened to make it pretty far. Yes. And, you know, his his uh, points per game uh, average proved it. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's a, a good pick, I think. And I'm going to live fact check you because um, you said Calhoun has more picks than he normally does. And he doesn't. He actually has less than all of his picks this year. Um, no way. Yes. I must be mixing them up with somebody else then. Um, well, then more, more truth <laughs> to my answer then. Yeah. But I, I think you're right. And Jordan and I talked about it. Like uh, Calhoun is one of those guys. Marino's more active than him. Um, but like we kind of – we both said that we're not sure. I, I'm not going to say they don't know what they're doing. I'm just going to say I don't know what they're doing. And like if he's <laughs> okay. got a master plan, I don't know what it is. Because like you said, he was – first couple of years like his team made it to the playoffs was ranked high like by the rest of the guys in the league but like that is not the case anymore and like yeah. if you're going to build it if you're going to build your team back up you're not going to do it with a pick in every round like you're yeah. going to need multiple first you're going to not to mention that you have to you have to wait a year to do that too so it's like right. you're sitting you, you realize after week 6 that it's not happening this year and then you're not trading and then you're just waiting like a full nine months to make a pick. And then you're hoping that that pick like brings your team to its glory. It's like, it's not going to happen that way if, if it's not, you know, like the best pick in the whole draft. Right. So yeah. And I think it, I, it brings up the point of tanking. Like it's why tanking is so attractive. If you're not going to win, you'd be better off getting a great pick than you are to right. just keep competing. Right. Cause, and I mean, to acquire more picks, you have to trade anyway, but it goes back to the point that we talked about at the beginning that I talked about with Troy about trading a lot. Like when you don't trade now for Calhoun's team to get better, he's going to have to win every trade. Mm-hmm. And for Calhoun's team to get better, he's going to have to hit on every draft pick, which, okay, you have a top three first round pick. So let's assume you hit on that, but then are you going to hit on pick 15 and mm-hmm pick 27 and pick, like it's going to be hard to do that it's tough but you have to if that's yeah. how you're going to build your team and i don't know you have to be really really good at drafting if that's how you're going to build your team and maybe he is we'll find out we'll find out um so we've been over we're i think we're a little over an hour here um 
any parting words or parting shots? So I think what I was thinking of was I kind of, I, I kind of think that the podcast needs like a segment at the end. I don't know what that is. I remember back in the day when we had the Philly sports group email chain, the, we had, I forget how we even awarded it, but like it's every points. That's right. They were arbitrarily given points. And he there would be a winner every week, and then the person would have a chance to write a long-winded email that was like a sport it was the sports rant of the week, which I and thought was a great idea. The sports rant yeah. of the week. Um, or you know, if it's not the sports rant of the week for this podcast, maybe it's something like a prepared closing thought. So you're gonna have, you know. Uh, Brett on you say like all right have something to say about either our league or sports at large or you know uh, uh, pop culture something like that that you can kind of like you, you can pre-write it and just read it on the podcast something like that you know like the old like uh, sports news guys used to do at the end where they have their little like parting shot yeah so I didn't do anything like that but I do think it's a good idea to have something <laughs> like that well, I did thanks. for fun for fun I did look up one of the sports rants of the weeks that I did, okay. which was, it was a long diatribe. Here, I'll read you the first paragraph, just because okay. it's, it's really long. We can't read this whole thing. But it says, this is from March 22nd, 2010. So 10 years ago, Scott's 24 years old at this point. <laughs> the, par- the first paragraph is, I was raised to cheer for a bunch of losers. Those are the facts. As much as I love each and every one of the four Philadelphia teams, there can be no real argument made to the contrary of the fact that they are simply a bunch of losers. For those that don't know me, I was, before, I was born in December 1985. As far back as I can remember, I've been a fan of sports. My father raised me a cheer for the Phillies, Eagles, Flyers, and Sixers. Those four teams have provided me with a lot of great memories over the course of my 24 years of life, but at the same time, they have been the cause of plenty of anguish as well. 